0: Welcome to the 25th episode of the Marketing is Bullshit podcast, your go-to podcast for cutting through all the noise out there about what you should be doing to market your small to medium-sized business. I'm your host, Melissa Fisk, owner of Local 44 North, a marketing, coaching, and consulting group dedicated to helping women business owners attract more local clients with less effort so they can have it all. Successful business and plenty of time to do what they love, whatever that may be. Today we're going to be talking about public relations and why you could, why you should consider doing it as a marketing tactic and how you can implement an effective PR strategy either in-house or by hiring um, an agency to help you out. And as always, I'm joined by Mary Ruth who works with me at Local 44 North and she's here to help keep us on track per usual um, and make sure that I walk through all of the different points that we want to talk about when it comes to PR.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I think this will be a really interesting episode, um, a little bit different from what we've been talking about lately. So why don't we start by um, you explain how, or I should say why, um, people should consider public relations as a tactic. Sure. So, you
0: know, there's a bunch of marketing tactics out there, PR, public relations, like traditionally, you know, was kind of this, this different thing than what it's morphed into today. Um, and a lot of times you'll see PR agencies that, you know, like PR agencies will handle your social media and some of your other marketing tactics. Um, when I think of public relations, I think of like your relations as a company, as a thought leader, as a CEO or whatever with the press, um, So with, you know, like how people, how the press covers you, how the press reacts to certain things that happen at your company, things like that, Um, you know, and there's the old saying, there's no press is bad press or something. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore, but I think the challenge (laughs) for most folks is that you want to get some press, right? Like the idea of getting covered in some publication, whether it's local or even just like an online blog or something like that is really exciting to most small to medium sized business owners. Um, But obviously you can't just be like, hey, write about me, I'm cool. Uh, (laughs) That doesn't go so far. So there are three main reasons you should consider PR as a marketing tactic to implement for your small to medium sized business. Um, those three reasons are clout, new business and backlinks for SEO. And we talked about that briefly in a previous episode, we did a two part series on SEO. Um, and we talked about, you know, one of the key components of like a solid, um, SEO strategy is getting good backlinks. So getting like legit backlinks from publications and websites with a fairly decent domain authority. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I was talking with this, uh, talking about this with a client the other day, Um, she had just been featured on the Today Show. And, you know, the first thing I asked her was, did you see a bump in sales? And they had, which is awesome. But something that we see sometimes with bigger name publications or bigger um, broadcast groups like the Today Show, um, sometimes you think that those would be the publications that drive a ton of sales but it doesn't. In one of our marketing meetups, for example, I don't remember who it was or what publication. I want to say it was Vogue that someone was featured in. Um, And, you know, they had been featured in Vogue like five years ago. They've been in business for a while. And she was saying, you know, like five years ago when she was featured in Vogue, she saw like an awesome spike in sales, like more traction, more press, all that stuff. It was great. But the second time recently when she was featured in Vogue, she didn't see anything like come in. Um, and that is actually kind of common. I've heard that more often with, um, bigger, bigger publications and things covering like that, bigger publications covering like smaller to medium sized businesses, because I think that, you know, you really get some of those publications cover like so much content and you can really get lost if it's not like the right placement. Um, But that doesn't mean it's not important, right? Because then you get to put, say, you know, featured in Vogue on your website, which is, you know, that's why when we talk about it being like a clout thing, like that's good for your quote unquote, like street cred. Um, But Mm -hmm. important to remember is that like, like all brand awareness tactics, the clout thing is kind of tough to measure, you know, without someone saying, oh, I saw you in You know, it's hard to to really measure the impact of that, Um, because like we've talked about a bunch of times, you know, marketing is a combination of brand awareness, lead generation, lead nurturing and customer service. Um, And you need kind of all four of those things and tactics for all four of those things firing at the same time to have an effective marketing program. That helps your business grow. Um, so you do still need certain brand awareness tactics. Um, you know, whether or not you decide like PR is the right one for you depends on what your business is, um, your bandwidth, all of that stuff. Um, and so, you know, you have to still consider some of those tactics. But if you have a smaller budget and need, you know, like direct ROI, obviously you're probably gonna want to focus on tactics that drive the bottom line. And when I say focus, I mean like focus your resources on because it can be really either time consuming or super expensive to try and get in one of those big publications, you know? So as always, that's kind of like a balancing act.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. All about a balancing act. I wanted to bring up um, something you said in the very beginning of the episode in case somebody was a little bit unclear. Can you explain the difference between in-house versus hiring an agency for PR?
0: Sure. So yeah, like I mentioned, there's tons of groups out there, agencies, PR agencies that you can hire to do your public relations. Um, And like I said, it's kind of like a more old school thing where it's like, you know, it had to do with like, who knew who, um, and who had like the best Rolodex. Um, I'm not trying to like cheapen PR (laughs) agencies or anything like that. Because like I said, PR agencies definitely do a lot more than just you know, reach out to press contacts now. Um, but if you're thinking about, if you're trying to consider, you know, in-house versus hiring an agency, the biggest thing I want you to, to remember is that you don't necessarily need to hire a bigger, like agency or pay a super expensive agency to get any kind of traction with press, um, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit more in the second part of this episode. Um, but you know, you still, you have to, you're going to have to put the time in. It's either time or money, right? Uh, It's always (laughs) one or both. (laughs) You don't ever just get it for free. Um, So if we go back to, you know, the three different reasons I was talking about as to like why you would want to work with a PR agency, you know, clout, new business and backlinks, you should consider, okay, like who, who's going to be able to do that? Like, is it you? Do you have the time? Do you have someone who has the bandwidth to be able to dedicate to this, or do you need to put the money into hiring an agency? Um, and if you're just looking to more get backlinks and or you know generate new business by getting in like very, and again this is kind of um, a strategic approach, but you know if you're trying to get new business from a publication, we always say it's good, and this is just like marketing tip in general like you don't want to try and reach everyone right you don't want to be in like Vogue or GQ or one of those publications and reach like absolutely everyone um you know when people say oh I'm trying to sell to everyone it's like okay well that's a massive uphill battle um so if you're (laughs) if you're thinking about um You know, who your target audience is, maybe don't think of the massive big logo publications, but what are some publications that those folks are actually reading or actually going to for news um, or information? Like, for example, like Neil Patel, he's actually like a really big name in marketing, but he for sure has like the best SEO info. So when I'm like looking for SEO information, I kind of go to his blog or his outlet. For info. So if I were trying to get like folks, you know, and be considered like an SEO, you know, expert or something, I would try and work with Neil Patel or like contribute a piece of, I actually think he still writes all the content on his blog. So maybe a bad example. But (laughs) let's just say, hypothetically, you know, like if I was trying to get like clients for SEO specifically, and he's thought of as like kind of, you know, like a marketing SEO. Expert, I would try and collaborate or do something on his blog, um, or get him to talk about me in some way or another, um, because I think my target audience for um, that, you know, would be b- would be reading that publication. So, you know, you want to think really about like what some of those smaller publications are, um, and if you're going to be doing that, you know, looking at some of those smaller publications or just trying to get backlinks to help build up your SEO strategy. Um, There's definitely, that's something that you can definitely do in house. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, I'm not saying you can't get in bigger publications like by doing outreach on your own. However, that's definitely a lot more challenging because those reporters are getting hit with hundreds, maybe even thousands of emails a day about potential news stories or businesses to write about. So you are going to want to you know, maybe get some help with those bigger agencies who are gonna know people at those publications. So obviously if they know people or have communicated with a writer at one of those publications before for a different client, they're gonna trust them and open their email first over some random stranger's email lost in a sea of hundreds of emails. Um, So if you're really looking for those bigger logos and to get clout, um, you might wanna consider like looking to a bigger agency to do that. Um, And while you're at it, you know, say, okay, well, if you are going to spend the money to hire a bigger (laughs) agency, ask them how they can also get you new business and backlinks.
1: But yeah. Absolutely. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question. What exactly they should look out for, um, for hiring, um, if they go to hiring an agency route, but it sounds like you kind of summed it up right there. You had anything else? Yeah. Anything else to add? I know you kind of went off on that at the end, but I figured you probably had more to add.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question, um, because there is a lot, you know, you want to look out for with us, because they're, ridic- some of those agencies are ridiculously expensive. I mean, like, thousands of dollars a month. Like, I think when I was in San Francisco, we were, like, vetting some different PR agencies, and the lowest budget we got was, like, 8000 a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, you got to be willing to spend a decent chunk of money. Um I don't think that was in San Francisco, obviously a little bit different. That was also you know 7 or 8 years ago where and I think like more and more people have started doing PR on their own, so maybe costs have come down a little bit um on that. But if you are going to, you know, be spending that money, obviously you want to do your homework. You don't want just hire them on the promise that, you know, they're like, Oh, we're, we're a really great PR agency. Um, you want to <laughs> ask them for, you want to hold them accountable. Right. Which I think is the biggest thing. Um And if they're not willing to do that, I would be very hesitant to hire them. Um But, you know, like ask them, if you have, say you ha- like go to them with target publications, like for those logos, be like, I want to be in Vogue. I want to be in GQ or whatever. And ask them if they can guarantee that you get into one of those publications. Um, And then if you're going to be doing, if you're going to have them do some of those other tactics, like get you backlinks and, or like new business, you know, ask them if you can set a goal for a certain amount of backlinks a month, or for a certain amount of backlinks with a certain domain authority, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, And then, you know, also like, if it's, if, if you're talking about new business, be like, okay, how many leads I want to get at least like 10 solid leads from each article or whatever. Like, can you guarantee that? Um, so really asking them about, you know, how they can deliver those results for you and ask them like what type of analytics they will show you that deliver those results. Like they can't, you don't want someone to just be like, oh, we'll get you in vogue and we'll for sure get you new business. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay great but, how but i want, yeah exactly and i want to measure that like i want to see that i don't want to just take your word for it cuz obviously you're going to say that exactly. you know
1: yeah okay so definitely you know ask questions um how they can get you there and what if someone goes um the in-house route
0: right so that's what i wanted to spend the second half of this episode talking about and just giving you a quick little breakdown on how you can do this in-house and i think we we kind of did we did mention, you know, some of the steps to doing this in that SEO episode we did a while back and we were really focused on like the getting the backlinks aspect of that, but I'm going to expand upon it a little bit here um, and just reiterate some of that in case you guys haven't tuned into that episode yet. Um, So the first step you want to do is create a cadence of stories, right? Like I said, you can't just be like, Hey, write about me. I'm cool. Like, no one cares. Uh, sorry, but they don't. Um, so <laughs> like, like all things that we do, we talk about when we talk about marketing, we want to create a calendar and a timeline. Um, so you want to know like what you are going to pitch and when, because you don't, like I said, you don't want to just like pitcher. even if you have a great pitch for your company, right. You want to think about like what's a unique hook on it. um, there's a really good book, which is a little outdated now, but I still think there's a lot of really good content in it. It's called Free PR. Um, It's by Cameron Harold and another guy um, who I believe either both of them or at least Cameron went on to start like help a reporter out way back in the day, which was like where journalists could go to solicit like specific types of info they were trying to get, um, which that used to be a really great way for folks to contribute to or get their names in. Um, articles, but like most things it became like super oversaturated. Anyway, I digress. Um, he has one thing I really like in there is he talks about different angles and story ideas, um, and I think this is something that's super beneficial that like everyone can do. Um, so he talks about like there's four different story ideas and five different angles for each one of those ideas. Um, and this is a really good exercise to do with like your entire team. Um, if you want to brainstorm like 12 months worth of story pitches or something, um, the first story idea is like big announcements. So announcements about like awards, funding, major hires, major partnerships, major milestones, new products, all that stuff. Um, the next story idea is seasonal. So, you know, you can create your own, maybe you want to create your own special day or like. You know, piggybacking off of major holidays or anything that has to do with like the season that you're in. Um, evergreen content, different types of evergreen content can be, you know, like talking about your company culture, how that's unique. Um, you know, customer success stories from folks who've used your product, uh, how I did it, like how did you start a business? Everyone loves those stories, right? Um, how I went right. from, you know, doing X, Y, and Z to this uh infographics are really cool like if you have any kind of like data for um for that you could turn into like a type of visual infographic that's usually pretty good evergreen content um office tours my office would not be a very good tour but, um <laughs> and I I know I was laughing because she comes and works here and it's just the floor is constantly littered with Toys for my one year old. Uh <laughs> hey, it's why. <life. laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people can relate uh, yeah. right? Um, so we wouldn't be pitching any office toys, but some people have like really cool office spaces, you know. Um and everyone always likes you know, anything kind of like interior or decor related. <laughs> um, product reviews is always good stuff um if you want to position yourself like as an expert to review a different or a certain type of product and or if you want to um have someone you know like give a new your new product to someone to review um the next type of story idea is stunts slash events so any kind of like big stunt celebrity and product placement um any crazy, unique new products that you're doing, any kind of like pop up shows, trade shows, um, or maybe you create your own award or certification for something um, is another cool kind of like event. So, those are all the different kind of like story ideas he gives. Obviously, you know, go back. I talk really fast, so go back and listen to that and write those down. Um, and then for each one of those like different story ideas, there's five different story angles that Cameron points out. And those are overcoming adversity, the culture, customer endorsement, leveraging technology, or the future. Um, You know, like how this is going to affect the future. So so let's say, let's take, go back to that um, first category of story ideas, like announcements and say, you have a new product, you know, instead of just saying, like, pitching these reporters, like, hey, I have a new product, it's really cool, write about it. Uh, You can take one of the five different story angles, if it applies, obviously, don't lie. Uh, But, you know, we have a new product, and it, you know, overcoming adversity, it came out of the struggles we were facing as business owners, like we produced this new product, and that's how we came up with this product. Um, Or maybe, the second angle here is the culture, you know, we have a culture that really embodies, you know, X, Y, and Z. And because of that, like, we've created like this product, or this product came out of this, like super open, sharing, like culture we have at our office or something like that. You can see how I'll tie it. Um Customer endorsement. So say you have someone is this is the third story angle. So say you have someone who's kind of a big deal, or maybe not even a big deal. But just has like a really good success story of using this new product or something like that, getting them to endorse that product, um, leveraging technology. That's always big, especially with like bigger tech pubs. Um, but like how, you know, this new product is either, you know, leveraging specific technologies or creating a new type of technology or going to help evolve technology or things like that. Um, speaking of evolving the fifth story angle that he talks about is like the future um maybe you have a new product that is the future of x y and z or whatever um so just to quickly recap Cameron's story ideas we have announcements seasonal stories evergreen stories evergreen meaning like they're they're always good no matter what time of year it is no matter what year it is um Except for COVID, that we're kind of through a wrench and everything. Anyway, um, yeah. and then <laughs> the four-story idea being like stunts or events that you want to talk about, and then the five-story angles that you can take for each one of those ideas are overcoming adversity, the culture, customer endorsement, leveraging technology, or the future. Um, again, all of that is pulled from Cameron Harold's book, Free PR. Um, a great, great read, quick, easy read. If you want to check it out and you're really considering doing your own PR, I definitely recommend doing a lot of different reading about. There's all kinds of articles out there on like how to do your own PR. Um, so, like I said, that was kind of a long-winded way of creating like a cadence and a timeline of stories, but I think that's important, and you want to do that before you just randomly start like pitching so-and-so you want to sit down and create kind of this long list of all of these different story ideas you have look at you know obviously you know you're going to be thinking about those story ideas in terms of what's happening in your business um, and when so then you can create like a 12-month timeline and maybe you want to do just one story per quarter that you're going to focus on Um, or maybe you want to do one story but do like the five different story angles has different pitches per quarter, you know, or maybe you have the bandwidth to do one every other month. So you're going to do like six story pitches a year or something like that. Um, but yeah, as always, you know, getting organized, kind of mapping that out I think is a really important first step.
1: No, that's awesome. I'm Awesome. And I'm really glad um, you kind of discussed um, his different angles and a little bit about the book and the story ideas. I think that will be really, really beneficial. And I feel like somebody listening, will end up reading that book because I feel like there's a lot of information um in there um but once you have your schedule of story ideas then what do you do yeah
0: so then you build out obviously a press list and this is something that's like oh well don't I need like again a PR agency to do this no no you do not there's this thing called the internet um (laughs) and what you want to do once you have your kind of story angle or story ideas and angles, you know, also think about in terms of your objective, right? Like, are you doing things just to get backlinks? Are you doing things to get new business? Are you doing things for clout? Excuse me, it should always probably be a like two of those things, right? With like clout would go hand in hand with backlinks, but you could also be trying to get backlinks for SEO, but then also new business, you know what I mean? So you should probably have like two of those three always, you know, being the objective of what you're going for, or at least like a main objective and a secondary objective for why you're doing your outreach. Um, So thinking about, you know, like who, with those objectives in mind, like, okay, who are you going to try and reach for, you know, like the new business audience for example, like who is your target audience with that? Um, and what story is going to resonate most with those folks? So then, once you kind of think of that, for you know, what I'll do is I'll create like a spreadsheet and have for each of the different story angles make different press lists um, and have like different tabs down at the bottom of that spreadsheet. So if you're going to do like, um, you know, we talked about maybe you do one story a quarter, but the five different story angles. So I would literally make, you know, five different tabs for the different um, press lists for each one of those angles, just because I think that's, or you could, you know, you could organize it however you want in Excel. Again, I'm just really big on organizing things. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so once you, you know, kind of figure out strategically how you're going to combine those um story ideas, and angles, and who you're going to try and reach with them, you want to start creating lists of publications. Um, I like to include in those lists the publication name, the URL to that publication, Um, we talked, I mentioned this earlier, um, the domain authority of that publication, and this becomes, this is just really cool in general, but it becomes super important when you're trying to get backlinks Um, domain authority is like a score that you get for the authority of your domain. Um, like for example, the New York times is going to have like a really high domain authority, um, number. And we talk about this more in the SEO episode. So go back and listen to that if you want to learn more about that. But basically every website has a domain authority score. There's tons of like free domain authority checkers out there that you can type in any URL and get their domain authority score. Um, You want to, like for, if you're going for backlinks, like the minimum you want to do is like 40 to 50. Um, 40 to 50 is like decent for just generating backlinks. 50 to 60 is good. Um, 60 to 70 and above is excellent um, to try and get backlinks. So really 70 and above is like awesome. Um, But, you know, I like to put like the, just to have that as kind of knowledge which always helps like prioritize things too. like say two people want to write a story, but they want an exclusive or whatever. I would give it to obviously the person, whatever the objective is, I would still give it to the person with the higher domain authority. Cause it's going to be ultimately better for your SEO. Um, so publication name, URL, domain authority score. Um, and then a relevant story if applicable. I really like including this, um, you know, you can search, for, and this is like a good way, like I start sometimes to build these lists where it's like, hey, I know I'm going to pitch like this new whatever product, you know, to a bunch of folks or whatever um, using this angle or, and it doesn't really necessarily matter what the angle is that you're going for. But, you know, say you're pitching a new product, I would start by doing like a Google search of like comparable products And then you can find, you know, news articles or stories by reporters and publications that have written about something similar before. I think that's always like a great way to intro an email to one of these reporters where you can say like, hey, I know, or like back in January, you wrote about like this new product you know, and how it helped shape X, Y, and Z or whatever. And you can link to their article. Be like, I loved the article. I loved how you talked about X, Y, and Z. Um, and then you can lead into your pitch. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in writing a similar article or an article that takes the opposite approach or something like that um, and give your pitch or whatever. So if there's like a relevant story, I always include like a column for relevant stories if applicable to um, my press list, and then obviously the author of that um, author of that story, or you know, if you if there isn't a relevant story um, or something similar, and you just have the publication finding the reporter that would be most appropriate to send your pitch to. Um, find that reporter. A lot of times, especially for smaller publications, those reporters have like quote unquote bio pages that are gonna have like their contact info on there um, or at least like their Twitter handle or their LinkedIn profile um, and ideally their email address. But especially with the bigger publications, they're not gonna just like freely give out their email address. So there's certain tools you can use to find that email address. Um, One that I really like is hunter.io. You can put in, the name of the publication and the reporter's name. And if they they'll scour the internet and try and give you like their exact email address. But if they can't give you the exact email address, they'll give you their best guess for what that person's email address would be based off of like the standard format of um, that, of how people's emails are for that company. Does that make sense, Mary Ruth? Did I explain that the right way? You've done this yeah. before, so,
1: okay. Yes, <laughs> no, that's uh, exactly what it does.
0: <laughs> okay, so Hunter, I, I always, great. You can also always just like Google that person's name and email address, like Melissa Fisk email address. You could find my email address very quickly that way. Um, but obviously you wanna make sure you have an email address for that person. Um, and then, like I said, you know, including their Twitter handle or LinkedIn profile is always like a good way when we talk about doing the actual outreach in the next part, um, that's always like a good way to do some follow-up.
1: Absolutely. Um, so at this point, everyone should have their cadence of stories and then who they're going to pitch to and the information that you just talked about. Now what?
0: Right. So then you actually do the pitching. Uh, (laughs) now that you have like, okay, you know, like the different stories, when you're going to do them, you have your list of who you're going to send them to. Um, Now you want to send them an email. I just talked a little bit. If there's a, uh, on like how you can create those different pitches. I just talked a little bit about one way, you know, like if they've written a similar story, you know, do that, whatever you do, you should always start your email. First of all, keep it very, very, very concise and don't include attachments because a lot of people have like blockers that just will deny your email. Um, but you know, start with. I always like to start with like flattery or show this author or reporter that you're reaching out to that you've at least read their work, right? And this is why when I talk about like doing PR in-house and I say, I I really stressed at the beginning of this episode, it either costs you money or a lot of time Uh, because you really want to take your time with this. So, you know, you want to start with like letting this reporter know that you've read some of their content at least and be like, hey, I really like, even if it's something that's like not, directly relevant to I mean that's always a great way to kind of like tie into your pitch but just saying like hey I really thought your piece on x y and z and the angle you took was super enlightening or like super beneficial for your target audience or something like that um, which made me want to reach out to you and share this potential like new story idea I have for you or somehow tie it into like how that's going to be relevant to your story idea um and so then and then you give them your story idea and ideally you give them your story idea in like a sentence or two or in a couple of paragraphs um and when I say paragraphs I mean one sentence paragraphs um, and, and I was laughing because I'm always like no more more white space <laughs> pushing that um but You know, and, and if you can, like, what's really great is if you can somehow like write about this on your website somewhere or like have, you know, a link to the, like, say you're doing the new product thing. If you have like a link to the new product, that's like super thorough or a link to a video talking about the new product or a link to another reporter covering the new product or things like that. um, Links out like hyperlinking text and email out to where they can find more information is always super helpful because again, you got to remember that these reporters are getting like inundated with emails all day long about different story pitches. So in order to stand out, you want to be as kind of like short and to the point as possible while also giving them the most information, um, you know, and like giving them basically thinking about how you can make their job like super easy, right? Like if they're going to write a story about this, they're going to need, you know, like, some assets to share, like, so if you have a link to, like, photos somewhere about it, um, you know, or if there's, like, an Instagram post you've done about your new product or anything like that, just wherever you can link so that they can get more information, because the email is really to just, like, hook them, like, hey, I have this really great thing, hook them in, give them links so that they can do some initial research on their own, where they can find information, more information, but then, of course, you know, you end your email with, you know, I'd love to get you more info or I'd love to set up a quick 15 minute call so that I can like give you more of the info about the new product or whatever. Um, and then lastly, the, the, in that first email, the, the thing that's always that I always like to do is like make it very clear for that person to take a next step. So, you know, like saying, I'd love to give you more info or a rundown or a more thorough rundown about the product. Do you have time to talk for 15 minutes later this week and ending it with a question, right? Because it's very easy for them to just reply, yes, I can talk Thursday at noon um, or something like that, you know, making it so that it's very, very like obvious, easy, helpful for them to kind of like get in touch with you and do the next step in order to write this story. These are all like little things that seem not that important, but I promise you (laughs) when it comes to outreach, they are. Um, Just same with sales emails. Um, but yeah, so, so creating that first kind of email and then, you know, going back to you create that email, it's a custom email, you send it to that person, going back to your spreadsheet of where you've kept track of all of these reporters. I like to put in columns after all of their info about when I sent the first email. Um, and then usually like a week later, I like to send a second email and then a week after that, a third email, um, And you'd be like, people are like, oh, I don't want to annoy them though. But it's like, honestly, I feel like I've almost never had anyone reply on the first email, but it's usually always the second or the third email of me reaching out to them. And the second or the third email, how I send those is I just simply reply to that first email that I sent. Um, So that's the same subject line, whatever. It has all the original info there. So I don't need to reiterate that. And I literally keep it one sentence and just say, Hi, circling back, or hi, you know, wanted to see if you were able to review the new product info I sent you last week. Do you have time to talk tomorrow? Do you have time to jump on a call later this week? Do you have, you know, something like that? Just a quick, like, because then they can go, it's, you know, you're replying to that original email you sent. So all the original info is right there. You're just being super quick and to the point. You're trying not to annoy them, you know? Um, it's never a bad idea to say that. Hi, I know you're incredibly busy. I wanted to see if, I, um, you know, I could get you more info on this, something like that. Um, so and then the third email, or fourth email, depending on how many you want to send. Um, you know, the last one I always send is always like, thought I'd follow up one more time, just making sure, like, you're not interested in the story at this point. Um, am I correct in assuming you're not interested in covering the story? <laughs> if so, I promise I won't email again. You know, being like you know, a human about it is always the best way to go about it. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of how I do that. And obviously, you know, like I've been saying, getting organized and really keeping track of this stuff is super important. You can see like, okay, if you're going to do, you know, five different story angles for the same story, you know, once a quarter, but have all of these different reporters then that you're going to find that you're going to pitch the different story angles to you want it, and you're going to be sending them three or four emails each, you definitely got to keep that tight and organized, um, you know, put dates in when you email them, all that stuff, because it's very, it's very easy to just kind of half-ass do this without even meaning to half-ass do it, you know, but then you put, you've already put in a ton of time and it's just like, okay, if you just kept, kept it tight and stayed organized from the get-go, you know, you could have done this a lot more efficiently or effectively, um, instead of losing steam.
1: No, that's so true. I feel like it can happen just by accident because there's like a lot of moving parts. But I think by doing this episode, you gave a lot of great um, examples like down at the end about, um, you know, first email versus second versus third, like the final follow up, what you should say, like just being a human. So really, really great stuff in this episode. Um, What do you think of doing a quick little recap of the steps if someone does decide to do PR in-house?
0: Sure. Yeah. So we want to, you know, we talked a lot at the beginning about like, you know, why you should consider in-house versus outsourcing. Um, I think you got that. I don't need to do a recap, but if we're, yeah, if you are going to do it in-house, I would listen to the second part of this episode. Maybe again, maybe get Cameron Harold's book, free PR. There's another author too. And now I feel bad that I haven't mentioned his name, but if you Google it, you can find it on Amazon. Um, and I'm sorry to that other guy. Uh, But step one, create like a cadence of stories. I always think it's really best to do that as a group activity. You know, more heads are better than one when coming up with different story ideas. Um, You know, especially like other folks on your team are going to have probably or think of something maybe in a different way than you are. So create a list of different story ideas and the different story angles you want to pitch. It's part of step one, you know, put everything down and then get organized with it about when you want to break out and do those um, step two, create separate press lists of contacts for each one of those different story ideas and angles. Um, again, in those press lists, you want to make sure you have the publication name, the URL, the domain authority, um, a link to a relevant story if they've written about something similar in the past, um, a link to that reporter who's, or, uh, the reporter's name in the next column who's written that story that you're putting the link in for um, and or just the general reporter that covers the type of topic that you're pitching to that publication. Um, And then you want to put in their contact info, as much info as you can get, their email address, their Twitter handle, their LinkedIn. Um, Oh, and that's something I I had said I would mention is you can use those those channels as well to follow up with these folks when you're doing your follow-up instead of just sending emails. but I'm sure that's pretty obvious when you thought of that. Anyway, <laughs> email address, Twitter handle, LinkedIn link to their bio. Um, and then, you know, using tools like hunter.io or, you know, just Googling so-and-so's email address are great tools for finding email addresses. Um, but, yeah, building that list. And then once you have your list, your your story ideas, doing the actual outreach. Um, I would even, like, schedule time, like, once a week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, usually the best days to do outreach because Friday, everyone's over it. It's the same with you, right? Friday, everyone, you're over it. You're ready for the weekend. Oh, yeah. You're ready for a strong (laughs) trick. Monday is chaos. You're getting back into the groove of things. It's nuts. Um, Maybe not if you're a retail owner. The weekend is crazy for you. You know, the week is more of downtime. But anyway, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the best days to pitch reporters. So sit down for a chunk of time or have whoever is doing this initiative for your team sit down and like schedule out some time to do the outreach and also make sure that they're scheduling time to do the follow-up outreach um, and work on crafting customized emails. Quick tips for customizing those emails, you know, always start with flattery, keep them very short to the point, um, link out to other information about the pitch that you're sending them. Definitely make it very captivating, have a good hook in there um, in the like one to two sentence pitch that you're giving. Um, always end emails with a question or like trying to make it easy for them to take the next step. Um, and then, like I said, one week later, do the follow up. Um, like I just mentioned, you can also, you know, after you send emails, you can always like tweet at them or send them a message on LinkedIn if you're connected or whatever, and just say like, hey. I just sent you an email about like X, Y, and Z story idea, which I think you'll find really interesting. Let me know if we can chat more, you know, just kind of hitting them from two different angles. You gotta be careful with that though. You know, you gotta have finesse. You don't want to be annoying. Um, But anyway, really important setting time to do that kind of outreach and to do the follow-up. So yeah, that's a quick little recap. Um, A very fast quick breakdown of how you can do your own PR in-house. Obviously, you know, like I have stressed throughout this episode, through every episode, (laughs) and in every marketing conversation I have, um, you have to be disciplined and organized to get this done. That's super important. And like we always talk about, you know, you want to set goals, just like you would ask the agency that you're going to hire, you know, what they're going to, how they're going to reach you know certain goals you have you want to make sure that you set goals for doing this initiative in-house as well and give yourself a time frame on when you want to reach those goals um but yes we covered a lot in this episode so as always if you have any further questions or want any more input on this topic please don't hesitate to reach out to us you can visit us at local 44 north that's local 44 the number um, north.com and head on over to our contact us page and there's tons of ways you can get in touch and we will hopefully catch you
1: all next week